Welcome to Cogniz Education Untapped Podcast, the show where we bring you experts and leading practitioners in the field of education. Welcome to Education Untapped. I'm your host, Ashley Stevens, and this week's episode is coming to you from the Cogniz Therapies team. In today's episode, we meet Luke Fox, an autistic adult with a language disorder who was shortlisted earlier this year for a Sutton Community Award in the category of Outstanding Young Person. We'll be hearing from Luke about his journey through education and how his experiences in school have helped shape the person he is today and ultimately led to him promoting young people in the borough with disabilities through football. Luke has some important advice for educationalists and other professionals working in the field of special educational needs as to how to better cater for young people with disabilities. So stay tuned. Luke, congratulations on the nomination. That's such an incredible achievement and well-deserved recognition of all your hard work. Thank you. I know you are extremely proud to have been involved in the award ceremony. You were nominated for your work in the field of disability football, especially related to your volunteering role as media officer for Sutton United Football Club disability team. And I understand that your vision is for disability football to receive the same recognition as Mm. any other form of the game. Where did that vision come from? Um, I find that disability football is very rarely spoken about and it seems to be more for a charitable cause rather than an inspiration for people who want to play football for life. Maybe not as a pay job, but it should be taken seriously. Hmm. And they should be encouraged to be more competitive and motivated, not just a let's take parts and have fun. Hmm. Uh, I want to display our talent and grow more publicity. I want to put the team skills in the front garden rather than the back garden. Okay. Uh, There's very, very, very good talent in the teams at Sutton. Uh, The the three teams being the U's, uh, the the Ganders and the J's. And it just feels wrong to not have the teams noticed. Sure. The voluntary media officer role lets me create or add more content on the disability team section of the club's website and to network and engage with followers on Instagram to promote teams through social media. People want to watch football with different ranges of talent. Uh, It proves that football can be diverse and accessible and that it doesn't have to be just one narrative. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we haven't played that many games over the last year, but there have been a few games, a few friendlies, which have kept all the teams in good spirit. Good. The season before that, we had uh, the Using Ganders won the the Surrey FA Leagues. Wow, uh, impressive. Which was, you know, great timing. Uh, And this season... Um, the plan is to just um, get back to football, get back to how it was before and to for me to continue improving the club's website and uh, as well as on as well as on Instagram and mm-hmm. yeah, we've got a bright future ahead of us. 
Brilliant. I bet you can't wait to get back properly into it. Yes. And from what I've seen down at Gander Green Lane, there really is some great talent in all of those teams. So I hope that they continue to do really well. But football isn't your only passion, is it? So you've accessed a part-time course with a disability theatre company at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. And as well as this, you've been involved in some amazing projects and roles within the acting and drama field. So I've been working with a disability theatre company called Access All Areas, uh, AAA for short, uh, who make disruptive theatre by learning disabled and autistic artists. People like Jules Robertson, who is known for playing Jason in Holby City, and Kean Binchy, who's the consultant for the Curious Incident play uh, and has made his own uh, play called Misfit Analysis. Uh, they've been part of the company. AAA have a number of activities, uh, one of which is Black Cab, which was when I first got involved with them. Black Cab run community drama sessions, primarily for people that live in Hackney, but they were, uh, they were happy to let a guy from Sutton, like me, to join in too. <laughs> Lucky for you. Yes. Uh, they ran some sessions at a place called Hackney Showroom, uh, which uh, it was eight sessions, I think. Uh, it, it started off with us playing activities, you know, exercises, games. Mm -hmm. And then from there, that led to devising pieces. And from there, that led to us uh, performing it in front of families and friends who came to watch. And it, yeah, it was very nice. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, after this, I became involved in some of their other projects like Madhouse Re-Exit, which took place in 2018 at Shoreditch Town Hall. And this is the one I came to watch, right? Yep, that's the one. Yes, uh, this was an immersive theatre experience about the institutions that were full of disabled people who were treated worse than badly in the past. Uh, I played an extra, uh, a patient uh, called Patient 36. A, a, a lot of us extras were called Patient 36s. Okay. Uh, and you also had the, the main five artists, uh, the main characters, um, the, ma the main focus mm -hmm. um, of the, the whole play. Uh, you had, uh, what, uh, the three I can remember was one that was in a cage. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there was one called the Eater, and then there was a, uh, and then there was another one called who was dressed as a baby. Yes, in the cot, I remember mm. him. And they were um, their their own performances were um, a display of how uh, discrimination still happens in some way. And yes, it was really great fun. I really enjoyed the experience. Um, there were some really good reviews about it. Um, a lot of people enjoyed it and I was delighted to be a part of it. Yeah, I found it was such a powerful piece. I absolutely loved it. Mm, oh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, since then, I've been studying a part-time professional training course at um, the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, uh, which is also run by AAA. 
the course is called the Performance Making Diploma. And this course teaches professional performance skills. Students work with leading arts professionals to create performances in different styles and explore different ways of making a career as a performer. Uh, I'll, give, I'll throw some examples. Uh, live art, stage combat, uh, analysing a scene from script, mm -hmm. uh, acting for camera or camera work, how to film a scene. Wow, lots, lots um, to it. Yeah, and uh, immersive theatre mm -hmm. uh, and solo performances and oh, many more that I can't <laughs> remember right now, but they were all unique in their own ways. Mm -hmm. uh, I learned a lot about them and uh, yeah, it was all fantastic. And we had uh, students from um, other specific courses from the drama school uh, who uh, who would come to support on the course as creative partners, uh, which means they would be assisting us with uh, training uh, throughout the sessions. Mm -hmm. And as well as that, they'd help us um, network with other people um, at the drama school, which was lovely. This course lasts two years. Mm -hmm. And as we were approaching um, the last term or two of the second year, uh, the pandemic hit and course, we were under lockdown yeah. and we had to do it all online. Uh, but that um, eventually extended to uh, another year. So we did two and a half years. Wow, okay. And um, surprisingly, um, we found ourselves working with people, uh, professionals from uh, Sky TV. Oh, amazing. Which was, yeah, uh, not something you'd expect. Yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, we had masterclasses um, run by uh, a writer, a director, a producer, a script editor. Um, so this was all about how to make a TV mm -hmm. show um, for a professional broadcast. And the latter half we found ourselves um, learning how to pitch for a series, which was um, really nice. It yeah, was a really good experience. Probably not something you expected to do when you set out on that course, uh, a nice addition. Mm, yes. And, um, <laughs> but now we've, we've, we've all uh, had our graduation. Great, okay. Uh, so it has ended. Okay. But um, yeah, it's been, it's, been a great, it's been a great journey. Brilliant. Well, it certainly sounds like they've been keeping you busy as part of that course. And just going back to Madhouse Re-Exit, I guess the message behind that play was similar to the way you've spoken about your vision for disability football, hmm. that young people and adults shouldn't be treated with any less respect just because they have a disability. And society should make sure that the expectations they have for them to reach their potential remain just as high. Hmm. Yes, so I guess that brings me to my next question about expectations. Okay. You've attended a mixture of special needs schools, units and further education colleges in Sutton throughout your time in education. And I understand that the expectations have varied a little bit across those settings. So tell me how life was in school for you. Yes, sure thing. So um, throughout my school years, I was at special needs schools or special needs departments. Um, well, I don't really like, I'm not keen on the, you know, the the term special needs, but, you know, 
as we don't have another name for it, we'll, we'll go along with it. Go with it, it for now, yeah. Yes. Um, but yes, uh, uh, I was uh, educated at special needs departments um, and uh, at special needs schools. And for the most part, they were very good. They, they were they were very good uh, from a learning perspective mm-hmm. um, but I kind of often felt towards the last year or two that the social expectations were um, somewhat low okay I'd say uh, my sister went to a mainstream school and obviously, her environment was very different to mine as we needed more support in overcoming certain obstacles we faced, such as for me, processing language in English comprehension. And of course, that's very understandable. And I'm immensely grateful for the support and encouragement the the school had, or the schools had given me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's got me to where I am today. Yeah. And I'm... Um, Yes, immensely grateful and happy to have had the support and the education. Uh, but at the same time, comparing her school's environment to mine made me feel even more different, like an outsider and not in a, not in a nice way. All right. Uh, there were times when I felt I was uh, concerned that I was being treated younger than I actually was. And this uh, became um, personally quite patronising. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm. I remember us watching films like um, Postman Pat. Oh, okay. And, I mean, no offence to those who like Postman Pat, Um, but when you're at the age of 15 and 16, well, not just that, but you're in a, you're in a secondary school mm. and you're supposed to develop into a young adult. I don't think those are the right sort of films, you films to, 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 for us to be watching. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. And, uh, and that was an example of when I thought, that uh, we were being looked down upon. I felt segregated and assumed uh, that mainstream students or just mainstream people in general were looking down on people um, with a learning disability or those on the autistic um, spectrum. Uh, In my opinion, uh, people with additional needs need to be treated with more value um, and to have higher expectations and uh, just as importantly in an age-appropriate manner. When I started working with Cognos Therapies in 2016 it felt more mature and age-appropriate and this was very good for maintaining my self-esteem and I found it more useful and constructive. And forever grateful. That's really good to hear, Luke. And as a therapist myself, I feel really strongly that this should always be the case. 
So if there are any teaching staff listening to this podcast today, what do you think are the three most important things they can do to make sure that young people with additional needs feel included and accepted in school? Uh, my first one is to, to listen to everyone and to try to understand things from their perspective so that you can find a fair balance that suits all students. The second one is to always approach students to think about whether you would consider it an age-appropriate thing for, uh, for, for example, a 15-year-old in a mainstream mm. school to do before you encourage anyone in a special needs environment to do it. Uh, the last one, number three, uh, keep giving opportunities for integration with other schools, both mainstream and schools with additional needs students so that they don't feel like they're cut off from the rest of the world and to develop their self-esteem and confidence. Great. Thank you so much, Luke. We're so pleased to have had you on our podcast here today and it's been really fantastic talking with you. Oh, thank you. Is there anything else new and exciting on the horizon for you? Uh, yeah, there's a short film I'm in called Beautiful Bear. And the film got accepted and shown by a Canadian festival, which was uh, a fantastic experience. And hopefully, hopefully there's more. There's lots more. I'm sure there will be. I can't wait to hear more. So congratulations again for being shortlisted in the awards. You should be incredibly proud of everything you're doing. And finally, how can our listeners find Sutton United Football Club Disability Team online? You can find us on Instagram at Sutton United Disability. On Twitter, it's uh, capital S-U-F-C underscore uh, D and uh, the rest in lowercase isability. So as a whole, uh, at S-U-F-C underscore disability. Or you can check out our website uh, www.suttonunited.net slash disability hyphen teams uh, we'd love you to follow us uh, that would be great uh, also make sure you keep in touch with access all areas on social media they're definitely uh, the company to look out for great will do thanks very much luke thank you